words, before the beginning, he was, and after the end, he will be, and in between, he is, he is. The seven I am's that uh, we went through in John's gospel record, uh, of course, we did the seven miracles recorded and the seven I am's as a way of of uh, making our way through the Gospel of John. And then uh, it, it occurred to me that there was an eighth I am statement. Well, I was aware of that as I worked through it, but of course we set that aside because it was not recorded in John's Gospel message. And I'd considered it preaching, uh, preaching it, and then uh, here not too long ago, someone come up to me and, and asked me about that. Um, you know, John Miller wouldn't want me to mention his name, so I won't do that. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I said, you know what? You're right on. And I said, uh, his questioning the 8th I am was my okay to go. And, and I just really wanted to preach it. So today we are going to look at the 8th I am statement of Scripture. And let's dive right into the Word. Let's stand. As we read the Word of God this morning, we're actually going to be reading a portion of Revelation 1, and then we will go to Revelation 21 for the remainder of our text for consideration. Revelation 1, and we're just going to begin in verse 1. I don't know what I put in the bulletin. I did do that, didn't I? Okay. So let's read along together. Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all, the, all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written, for the time is near." Amen. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom of priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and Laodicea. And when I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a 
golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are those excuse me, that are and those that are to take place after this. Revelation 21, verses 5 through 7. And behold, he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's pray. Wow. Almighty God, our magnificent and precious and loving Father, I hope that we have heard these words of yours this morning like it was the first time. And I pray that the Holy Spirit has brought a new understanding, a new sense of awe, into just who you are. And I pray today that there's someone who doesn't know you as the living God, Christ as their living Savior, and has never experienced the rebirth, the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that they have a face-to-face, just like John did. And Father... That's got to put everybody on their knees. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. It's important to note, first of all, that the book of Revelation is about Jesus. It is primarily and foremost the revelation of Jesus Christ. The future events that are described are really secondary to the revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Before John even begins to describe the events recorded, he focuses on the description of the risen, ascended, and glorified Lord. And please note John's reaction. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. You see, there's only one logical, reasonable reaction to a personal encounter with the risen and glorified Christ, and that's to simply collapse. If you have never been driven to your knees 
and fallen flat on your face, I am fearful that you have never encountered him. Walter Chantry says, Jesus will not be a savior to any man who refuses to bow to him as Lord. And I agree with Brother Chantry. So to our preaching points, the first thing we will examine is that he is the source of all creation. Remember the Alpha and Omega very quickly. It's the beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet. It's just like saying he is the A and the Z, the first and the last. The scripture tells us that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard behind him a loud voice like a trumpet saying, One of the things that I would like to to point out in this, as we look at the Alpha and the Omega, we're going to focus for, for a moment here on the Alpha part, the beginning, but I want us to jump very quickly to this thought. Have this thought implanted in your mind. This is really more about the Omega than it is the Alpha, because this is going to take us to the end. This is going to tell us how it all ends up. But as far as the Alpha goes, let's, let's examine, let's jump into this. I want to urge you to, to meditate, if you will, to consider, to, to take time after this morning, sometime today, sometime tonight. And I want you just to sit down in a quiet place and meditate on this staggering truth that God is the absolute Alpha. Find some moment of your life And let this truth just just kind of take hold of you. God is the first. He is the beginning. Before him, there was nothing. There was no before him. Just think of it. Millions and billions and trillions of unending years, God existed and never had a beginning. He is the beginning. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God, the psalmist writes. There never was a time when he was not. We might marvel that God is infinite, eternal, unchanging in his justice, wisdom, power, and goodness, truth. But when we pause to think that he never chose to be this way, nor did anyone else choose to make him this way, it staggers the mind. Justice, wisdom, power, and goodness, and truth in God are eternal realities. They always were. (sighs) Folks, well, I got to go on. (laughs) The character of God is not what reality brought forth. It is reality, always was. God did not emerge out of many possibilities. All possibilities flow from him. You know, we could go on and on with somewhat of a a philosophical, but I want to raise that just a little and say theological discussion of the eternality of God. But everything emerged out of him. He determines all possibilities. God is not a piece of reality that you try to fit in with other pieces. He is the first and the last and the all-encompassing reality. In him we live and move and have our being. That's God. And we've touched about that much. That much. There is a, a term, and I just want to mention this briefly. There's a term called infinite regress. The error of infinite regress. You cannot go back to nothing. There has to be something or someone there. So infinite regress doesn't work. 
You have to go back to something. And guess what? When you go back far enough, who's there? God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So part of our goal today is that we are first, we're going to fathom the unfathomable. We are going to comprehend the incomprehensible. And we are going to understand the ununderstandable. Are you ready? To wrestle with knowing the one who transcends time and space, knowledge and power and glory and honor. John says again, I heard a voice like a trumpet. Guess what? He just heard the same voice that said at the dawn of creation, let there be light. Same voice. John heard it. He heard the voice of the creator and the sustainer of all that is. Isaiah 48 says, listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called, I am here, I am he, I am the first, I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. That's our God. Job had to take a little lesson from the creator. And I I won't read this entire passage. I want to reference Job 38, verses 4 through 18. And he simply says, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were you? You see, God always was and always will be. The question is, will you hear his voice today? Will you hear his voice today? Will you recognize his calling to come and fall before him? He is the alpha, the beginning of your new life and the hope that you can hold. He is the source of all that is good and right and holy and true. Worship him today. Well, he's not only the source. He is the savior of all who would believe. And again, this reference of passage, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me. Think of that. Boy, I get, I get hung up on these little things. And I'm, I'm seeing visually in my mind, John flat down before and Jesus just gently. Now remember, his, his eyes are blazing like fire. His, his hair is white. I mean, this is a, a magnificent appearance of the risen and glorified God, and yet the hand of the shepherd, the hand of the shepherd touches John. Do you see that? Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys Of death and Hades. In two sweeping verses, we see and hear the one who has the power over life and death. He is the living one, but yet he experienced death. He died for our sins, shedding his blood for the atonement of all, to redeem us from the power of Satan, death, and the grave, to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin. He conquered both death and the grave. He is the living one and proclaimed, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. That's forever. That's forever. And Jesus 
just basically says, and if you want to know how you can share in my life, allow me to unlock the prison doors of sin and death that hold you captive because I have the keys. I have the keys. He is the source of life. He is the savior of all who will believe, repent and believe. And he is the solution to all your needs today. He is the solution. In chapter 21, we read these words. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. You see, because he is the Alpha and the Omega, he has our yesterdays and he has our tomorrows. And right in between, he has this moment, the breath that we breathe, the air that we take in, the life that is in us. He will forgive and restore all of our yesterdays he will secure all of our tomorrows, and he will be with us every second in between. What a God! What a Savior! He is the Lord of today. He can and will bring hope and comfort and peace and love and joy and strength, encouragement, power, and security to you right now. Right now. I, I, I have to do this. I, I brought it in here just in case. Maybe. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. We really ought to sing that song. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today, show me the way one day at a time. Amen. I urge you to check in with Jesus every day, at least as many times as you check your smartphone. That could be a challenge. And I urge you to call upon him at least as many times as you Google for an answer. 
He is the solution. He is the solution. And fourthly, he is also sovereign over all. He is sovereign over all. From chapter 21, he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said to me, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death and your oven mitts will not protect you. You see, he is boundless, our God, our Savior, timeless and all-powerful. He is the creator, the Christ, and the conqueror. He is the origin of all that is the author of our salvation and authority over all creation he is not just a king. He is the king of kings. He is not just a Lord. He is the Lord of lords. He is the beginner of the beginning and the ender of the end. He stands sovereign before and after both. I had this thought and I'm almost hesitant to share it. I guess the Holy Spirit hadn't grabbed my tongue yet. So I've been mildly, I haven't really watched any of it, of all the events that are going on in England right now. And I mean no disrespect to the monarchy, the hierarchy of Great Britain. But someday, the Queen's throne will be a footstool of the Lord's. Every earthly throne will be eliminated and there will be one king. One king. He is the only savior and hope for mankind and he will be the final judge and jury because he has the keys. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end comes in a passage dealing with the end of history. So that really is the focus of our text. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Guess what? He's still creating. Only this time it's the new heaven and the new earth and the old earth and it will pass away. It's of no value, of no worth anymore. We're done with it because we've been inherited and entered into the eternal and blessed hope that we long for. You see, it isn't really how you start, but how you finish. How you finish. 
And someday all will bow before him, but for many that day will be too late. I urge you to collapse and surrender in his presence today. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Adam, I know that you, I think you chose part of this passage. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true and righteous. He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Does this sound familiar? His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many diadems, and his name was written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw a great white throne in him who was seated on it from his presence earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them and i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and the books were open then another book was opened which is a book of life and the dead were judged by what is written in the books according to what they had done and the sea gave up the dead who were in it death and hades gave up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one of them according to what they had done then death and hades were thrown into the lake of fire this is the second death the lake of fire and if anyone name was not found written in the book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire. In John 19 30, Jesus said from the cross, it is finished. From Revelation 26, Jesus says from the throne, it is done. In one sweeping moment from the cross of Calvary, Jesus said, Everything I came to do has been accomplished. It is finished. Your salvation is secured. I am now going to the Father to prepare the next phase of your life, which is for all eternity. And on 21, from John 19, we go to Revelation 21. We go from it is finished to it is done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Meet him this morning. Have a face-to-face personal encounter with the living Christ. But be prepared when your knees start knocking. Because when you behold the glory of the one and only God and Savior, you will be overwhelmed by his presence Yes, but I tell you what else will overwhelm you. The sin that you have that caused him to go through all of the suffering, the pain, and death before his ascended or resurrected glory. You see, when you meet the risen Christ, you meet the Savior. The Savior. And now we're confronted with the ultimate reason for Christ's coming, to die for sinners, of which I am chief. Paul and I are going to have a debate about that. And then in reality, no, we won't, because it won't matter. It won't matter. See, Jesus is going to take all that away. All those memories will be gone. I don't know how it works. I don't know what it's all going to look like. Folks, I'm not even going to try. 
because I said we had some goals this morning, right? We were going to fathom the unfathomable, right? We were going to comprehend the incomprehensible, and we were going to understand the ununderstandable. And that's where we leave all of this in those three categories. But I can tell you this, Jesus is real, and he's alive, and he's coming again. And I hope that in this assembly this morning, everybody is looking forward to that and not dreading it. Because the spirit and the bride, that's us, say, come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the stillness of this moment, we consider this amazing, magnificent description of our Savior. We ponder with our finite minds and finite understanding. We consider the infinite, the eternal, the one who transcends both time and space, who always was, always is, and always will be. And thank you that you have made a way for us to spend eternity with our blessed Lord. To behold him in the fullness of his glory. And to spend the rest of eternity worshiping him. Because he alone is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And the people of God agreed with amen. Let's stand as we have our invitation song. If you would like to come and see myself or one of the elders that will be present here this morning, Pastor Adam will be here and talk to us about this person this very, very real person called Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And more importantly than talking to one of us, I hope you want to talk, have a little talk with him. Because he has all the answers. At least the ones we're longing for. You will find him sufficient. And brothers and sisters, one last note on the downside. Remember this. As bad as things are in the world in which we live, they're going to get worse. Jesus is the only answer. Let's sing our song. Respond as the Spirit would lead.